Episode 67, The Game Changers. Be prepared for the gig economy. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. So good to be with you today. Jason, as always, great to be at the table with you. I am great to be with you, Dale. So my curiosity is peaked. We're going to dive right into the topic. Be prepared for the gig, G-I-G, economy. Now, I'm not in a band playing a gig, or am I? What are we talking? If you're not now, you are going to be... Part of the gig economy. Okay, so, so so what is the gig economy? Let's let's lay the foundation, set the set the stage. What we're talking about. All right. So the gig economy is where you're writing an app for somebody in the evening. Uh, during the morning, you're chauffeuring somebody around or a whole bunch of people around for Uber. In the afternoon, you might be delivering meals, and you're actually going to be working for three or four different companies simultaneously, and you're not going to be having a job with any one company. In fact, already 34% of all workers in the United States are freelancers. They know what a gig economy is. So I'm looking for the next gig. And and you say that there are, you boiled this down. Obviously, you spent a lot of time thinking about this. There are seven things that we all need to be doing so that we're able to perform well to, to reach our full potential in this gig economy. Well, let's begin with the seven reasons why this is truly a gig economy. And I'm, I'm going to list them for you. And as I list each one, you may say, or that's interesting. But when you consider the totality of the seven, it's truly like a knock on the side of the head. And here they are, Dale. A few years ago, no one had heard of Uber. Today, Uber is the world's largest taxi company, but they own no taxis. There are 4 million people who drive, but the world's largest taxi company doesn't have a taxi. The world's largest hotel chain has no hotels, air bed and breakfast. The two biggest phone companies in the world have no infrastructure, Skype and WeChat. The world's most valuable retailer has no showroom and no retail or real estate, and that's Alibaba. Now consider this one. This is even bigger. The most popular media company in the world creates no content. I mean, we knew CBS and NBC and ABC. They were content creators. Today, the most popular media owner in the world creates no content. That's Facebook. But it gets better. The world's largest cinema has no buildings, seats, or popcorn. That's Netflix. And finally, consider this one. uh, The largest software companies in the world don't write any apps. And that would be Apple and that would be Google. And think about it. I mean, who is working for Uber? The gig economy. Who's working for air, bed, and breakfast and running out their space? The gig economy. It's Alibaba, it's Facebook, it's Netflix, it's Apple and Google. The gig economy is here, and I believe it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. If it already represents about 34% of all U.S. workers, imagine what it might be in a year, three years, or five years. And, And the reason for it is this. The benefit to business is that it has labor on demand, paid for only as long as the labor is needed, and it's great for workers. They can work as much or as little as they want, 
When they want to, they can accommodate other jobs and family obligations. It's a win-win. And of course, there's a lot of people who are pushing back and saying, no, 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 no. All these gig workers should be classified as employees. They should be paid benefits. It's not going to happen. As one noted judge on the West Coast in California said uh, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, labor laws that were built 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago probably have no applicability in today's economy. So the gig economy is here. It is going to become bigger and bigger and bigger, and people have to be prepared. And as we talk through this, I know that we're going to a place where we have to change, just as the judge said, you've got to change the laws to adapt uh, what happened 30, 40 years ago. What was written 30, 40 years ago will not apply to this. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change the way we behave. And the opportunities are so limitless for income. The income opportunities for so many people are so limitless now. Yeah, as long as they do the following seven things. Shall we get into it? Okay, absolutely. Take us through it. What do we need to be doing? Uh, Number one, uh, discover what you love to do. I'm reminded of the words of, of Steve Jobs, who said, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. So first of all, discover what you really love to do. That's number one. Number two, become great at doing it and continue to get better at it. Uh, For example, I've written a lot of books. They've been successful. I do loads and loads of speeches. I'd like to think I'm pretty good at it, but I've certainly never considered myself an expert who doesn't have something to learn. I've always considered myself a, a, a journeyman, an apprentice who is learning every single day. We all have to become better every single day at what we do because there's a lot of people competing for the same gigs out there that we're going to be competing for. And then number three, I think you've got to be open to exploring uh, forks in the roads and changing course if needed. And I'll invoke the spirit of Steve Jobs one more time. He said, "Uh, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer's been no for a few days in a row, I know I need to change something. So first, find what you love. Number two, become great at doing it. Number three, but always be open to exploring some of the forks in the road that are going to present themselves. Number four, become a brand. And uh, what does a brand mean? Well, a brand means being unique. A brand means being passionate. Uh, But more importantly, a brand needs being consistent and You're a brand when the market has certain expectations of you. Uh, One of the hotel chains that did a horrible job of managing their brands always comes to mind. Uh, Not many years ago, uh, I was in in the Far East, and I was staying at an incredible Sheraton Hotel. I mean, it was unbelievable. You could slide off your front little terrace, down a little slide right into the pool. I mean, the pool went for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet around the entire property. The rooms were absolutely pristine. The food service was incredible. And I thought, wow, I mean, Sheraton really has it nailed. And then I was flying back to the United States, and I was uh, about to give a speech in Southern California, and I was staying at a Sheraton, and I walked into my room, and there was mold growing on the heater, and there was gunk in the shower and the sink, and the heater didn't work, and the room smelled. Well, you know what? Uh, One, you got to have consistency if you're a brand. And secondly, because a a brand brings with it expectations. So what you're going to have to do is turn yourself into a brand if you're going to prosper in the gig economy. 
And then number five, you have to market yourself nonstop. And now a lot of people use the word marketing and they really don't know what it means. Uh, marketing is very simple. It can be defined in just a few words. Marketing is connecting you to customers. Everything that you do to connect you to customers is marketing. And so today, what does that include? That has to include, if you're going to be an active member and a successful member of the gig economy, that's got to include social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. It includes the necessity of having a website and networking with the right people and the right organizations. And who are the organizations you should network with? They're not with your competitors. They're with the people who have the ability to hire you. I remember many years ago when I was involved in radio and television in the San Francisco Bay Area, they had an association called STARS, the Society of Television and Radio. And they'd get together for lunches and they'd get together for big banquets and they'd get together for cocktails and they'd get together for their own little award ceremony. And I asked myself, why in the world would I want to be part of that? I would, why would I want to eat and drink with the people who are trying to take food off my table? I have no interest in being associated with these people, but I'll belong to associations. I'll belong to groups, but I'm going to belong to the groups where people have the ability to hire me. And, and then you have to relentlessly promote yourself. Um, I think, Dale, you'll get a kick out of this one, but whenever a new book comes out, I always carry a couple of copies with me in my briefcase wherever I go. And whenever I'm on an airplane, I uh, take one out and I lay it on my lap. And uh, it wasn't that long ago that uh, as I was sitting with this book in my lap, uh, the guy next to me said, uh, he said, I've, I've heard of this guy. Is that book any good? And I said, that's the greatest book that's ever been written. He said, wow. He said, I'm going to have to think about buying it. Well, I nodded back and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, the book wasn't in front of me. He'd taken it off my lap and uh, he was looking through it and he looked at the author photo and he said, my God, that's you. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And I said, it is. He said, you've got more chutzpah than anybody I've ever met. He said, when we land at O'Hare, he said, you and I are going to go to the shops and buy every copy of the book you can find and you're going to autograph them and I'm going to hand them out tomorrow. And the other thing you need to do as part of marketing yourself nonstop is raise your hand and offer to speak, serve at a panel, or offer to create a panel for local, statewide, and national associations. Meeting planners are crushed. They don't have enough time. They don't know all the content that's out there. If you would go to a meeting planner and say, you know, you've got this convention coming up. I would love to come and I'd like to be part of a panel on this and I'd help you put it together. They would jump at it in a flash. So you have to market yourself nonstop. And number six, and, uh, and this is uh, very important, you have to collect testimonials for your work and you have to do it at the right time. And let me tell you uh, when the right time is to collect a testimonial. I don't go out someplace to a big conference and give a speech to a couple of thousand people and, and then come home and a couple of weeks later reach out to the CEO and say, uh, could you give me a testimonial that we could use on the website? Be because by then the mood of the moment is, is past. Too many things have gone on. I mean, the time to ask for a testimonial, ask for an endorsement, is the moment you've completed the work and people are thrilled and people are excited. Ask them right then. I mean, if you've got to pull out a piece of paper and a pen and give it to them, get it as quickly as you possibly can. And then use these testimonials and endorsements. And then finally, we actually talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If you're going to be a brand, the other thing you have to do is this. You have to exceed expectations all the time. It's not up for discussion. You have to exceed expectations all the time. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the only reason or the only way you can hope to exceed expectations are by asking people, I'm excited that you've hired me. I'm excited that I'm going to have this gig for you. I want to make certain I understand what your expectations are so that I can exceed them. Because then you're able to ask the question, 
Did I exceed your expectations? So those would be my seven ways for mastering the gig economy. Fantastic. So for those folks listening, uh, if you've gotten to your destination while driving or you just want to hit pause and uh, grab a pen and paper and write these down, it's discover what you love to do, become great at doing it, be open to exploring the forks in the road and changing course if you're required, be a brand. And this one's so important, uh, especially when you think about Uber and everything else. That driver, um, it's not necessarily Uber. Yeah, it's the Uber driver. I found him through Uber. But when I get in the car, um, I've been in cities where I've had the same Uber driver more than once over the course of several months. And uh, it's, it's interesting to have those interactions and to talk to folks and you remember. So they need to be a brand. Number five, market yourself, collect testimonials, and some of the best advice, always exceed expectations every single time. You're on point, on game all the time. Got to give it 100%. So you've received some emails uh, that you'd like to share with the audience. Thoughts yeah. for us? Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we don't have the time. I mean, we, we try to go as fast as we possibly can on these podcasts. And we don't have time to to read many of them or read all of them by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, this week, I got a bundle. Uh, but once in a while, one will cry. And, and so I guess the, the greatest way to get on the podcast is 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 to write something interesting. Uh, but uh, this came to uh, Jason and team. He said, your podcast on economic freedom was exceptional, especially for those just starting out. I am forwarding extensively to those in their 20s whom I mentor. I had the opportunity to meet Jason at the HP D-Scoop convention several years ago. Kind regards, Mark Lovesey, uh, Vice President Business Development of Dugal, uh, or Dougal. And, uh, and, and I actually do remember uh, meeting him, and I'm glad that he's part of our community, and I'm glad that he has forwarded them extensively uh, to those people he mentors, and I hope he'll uh, find something in this one to forward it on to others too. Absolutely. So if you want to write Jason an email, what's the best address to reach you? Uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of email addresses. Dale, I've always had one. Uh, it's jason at jason-jennings.com. I acknowledge and get back to everybody within 24 hours. I get somewhere between 85 and 100 emails a day from people who've listened to the podcast, read a book, been at a speech, and my sacred obligation is to get back to people. I, I, I love to do that. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, it's appreciated, and we look forward to getting the messages so we can share more of those emails, listeners. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Talk soon. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.